Well, hello and welcome back to The Daily Brew, the devotional where every day we drink a new brew of coffee and we see what God is brewing for us in the Bible. Yes, it's cheesy, but it's true. I am excited about today. Can't wait to see what God is going to speak to you about. And I'm looking, well, am I looking forward to trying? Let's be let's be positive. I'm looking forward to trying this as a plunger today. If you remember from yesterday, you know what I'm talking about. Before we talk any more about that, though, let's look at the scriptures that we're going to be reading for today. As always, they are in the descriptions on every platform. You can have a look at these. I'll read them to you as well. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 13 to 18. Luke chapter 16, verse 1 to 18. And Deuteronomy chapter 21, 1 to chapter 22, verse 30. So those are our scriptures for today. Make sure you have a look at them, get into them, and devour them. Uh, today as well would be fantastic. But the brew we're having today is our Robert Harris Maple Vanilla Infused Fresh Coffee. Yep, tasty notes of, yes, maple syrup and vanilla. So I had it yesterday as a Chemex, and as it got cooler, it got a little bit better. Again, if you're a sweet tooth, this is going to be the perfect coffee for you. I can't, I can't imagine having another sweet coffee that is as sweet as this one. But I've had it today as a plunger with help from my friends at Butt First Coffee. You can check out their brewing method online. I go there every single time I make a plunger to make sure I'm doing it right. The coffee that's going in is 23 grams at 340 grams of water coming out as well. So that's the way that I'm making it. Brew time about five minutes. And of course, this is pre-ground coffee. So I think that has a huge part to play. I'll be honest, I think yesterday... We didn't get a good Chemex flow because it drained so fast. I think it was it's too granular. I think if I could grind it to the Chemex type grind that I've been using at home with the beans, I think maybe we would have got a better flavor. But looking, looking to try this today, that's what I'm going to say. Let's give it a go as a plunger, and let's see if, the, if, if it's as sweet as it was yesterday or if it's any better. Bottoms up. Okay, as a plunger, instantly you get a bit more weight, as per usual, as you'd expect. And it, it's a bit more, it's a bit more earthy. The sweetness is definitely, it tapers off. Now it tastes a bit more like, you know how you can buy from a supermarket, like authentic maple syrup? This is the one that's not authentic. That's what this tastes like. And it's it's got a sweetness, but it's not as intense as what it smells like or what it is as a Chemex. I think the grounding of the actual coffee definitely levels this off. Now, remember, this is their mellow roast. It's a mellow strength, and that's exactly what it is in there. So if, you, if you're looking for a caffeine hit, and you're looking for sweetness, and you're not wanting to put extra sugar into this, there's no added sugar, by the way. It's just the, the ingredients on this. It says ingredients. Where did I read that? I read that this morning. Ingredients. Coffee, maple vanilla flavor. So... There you go. In fact, sugars, less than one gram per serving. So it's incredibly sweet. If you're looking for a sweet morning pick-me-up, you probably could put some milk in there and it would take, in fact, let's do that right now. Let's try it with some milk. Let's try it with some milk. The benefits of being in a kitchen means I can just whip the fridge open and try it with some milk. I'm just gonna put a dash of milk in there. And this could be the perfect American style coffee. Let's give it a try with some milk. Yeah, do you know what this actually tastes like? It tastes like coffee that I had in America with some like normal black filter coffee with some crema in there. This is what it tastes like. So there you go. 
It's horrible. That's what it is in terms of if you like your coffee. If you're looking just for normal bland average coffee, get this one. This is, I don't think this is built for coffee connoisseurs. Not that I am one, but just in case you are one and you think this is gonna be fantastic if you give this a try, go for it, but you, you'll quickly see what I mean. So there you go, that's it. We're done with this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to finish off this bag, which is gonna be an experience over the next few mornings, but that's okay. We'll give it a go, we'll keep, we'll keep jamming it, we'll keep getting into it, and we'll get rid of that bag. Tomorrow, some, some coffee beans for a coffee connoisseur. I think you're gonna like tomorrow. Anyway, that is it for our brew today. Let's get into the Bible, the reason that we are here. Temptation when it comes to our relationships is rife in the world today. That's a huge pivot. That's a massive pivot. That's huge. I've just gone from yuck coffee to really serious talk, okay? That's what we do here on The Daily Brew. We get into the nitty gritty. Affairs, cheating, infidelity, it's all rampant in our culture today. And this actually flies directly in the face of the kingdom of God. This means that actually living a life of integrity in our relationships is not easy. Look at the proverb today. The woman of, is folly loud. I don't actually know what that means, but it sounds bad. Uh, she's calling out, come in here. Stol look, look at what she says. Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. And this is the great lie of sexual temptation. The great lie is that what's done in secret is sweet and delicious, but nothing could be further from the truth. Unfaithfulness is a bitter and disgusting taste, both for the people at the center of it and for those who are affected by it. Verse 18 backs that statement up. It says, But little do they know that the dead are in there, that her guests are in the depth of the grave. Living a life with integrity in your relationships is incredibly hard. Listen, if you go down the step of not living with integrity in your relationships and you follow the temptation, you're going to join the dead that are in there. You're going to join the dead at the depths of the grave. Your relationships are going to die. Your integrity and reputation is going to die with it. And many people who look up to you and trust you will die as well. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Stay pure. Stay focused. Stay holy. That's where the sweet and delicious taste is in your relationship. Let's talk about money. Just because I feel like being controversial today and also because it's in our scriptures, Jesus talks a lot about money. Jesus actually, he actually spoke more about money than more than virtually any other subject along with prayer and heaven. Those are the three big topics Jesus talked about in the gospels. He talked about money, he talked about prayer, and he talked about heaven. In fact, a grand total of 12 out of the 38 of his parables are about money or possessions. Now, money is a hot topic for the world looking into the church. And, and I think... This is going to agitate people who are watching today who maybe don't have a great perspective of what money should be and should do in the kingdom of heaven. But I want to talk about it because I think it's important that we understand what Jesus talks about. Now, largely, I think this is a hot topic for the non-Christians because what the world has is the wrong view of money compared to what God's view of money is. So there are three things that Jesus highlights for us today that I want to have a look at. And I want to just look, if it offends you, Sorry, not sorry, because this is what Jesus is talking about when it comes to our money. Number one, he says that money is a tool. Now, we need to understand that money is a tool that we can use with wisdom or foolishness. And that's actually something that we agree with. Christians and non-Christians agree that money is a tool that if we use with wisdom can be used in an effective way. But there's also foolishness. 
that we can apply to using our money. The more wise we are with money, the better off we're going to be. That's that's just a fundamental universal truth. But this next part, this is where it creates a division between Christians and non-Christians. See, th- th- this is what I want I want you to get. Money used with wisdom should have eternal consequences. That's the wisest approach to our money, is if the direct thing that follows is that it helps people find salvation. The the most wise thing we can do with our money is invest into things that help people find Jesus. That's why God established giving through the local church, through the tithe. The tithe empowers the storehouse to feed people spiritually and often actually feed people physically as well through outreach. How you choose to use a tool of money is up to you, but realize that money has or could have the potential to have eternal value attached to it. The second thing is money is a test. Money is a test. Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. How you handle your money will lead to greater blessing or remaining restriction. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not saying we should give every single dollar to the church. That's not, I don't think that's wise. Nor, nor do I think it's a passing of the test. I think that the Bible's clear that 10%, the first fruits, should return back to the Father. But I'm, I'm just saying 10%. That's what the Bible says. He's not saying 100%. He's saying 10%. The rest of the 90, how we choose to use that 90% is what's going to determine whether or not we can be entrusted with more or we are entrusted with less. The test is, will you be honest and trustworthy with what God has given you financially. That's the test. Am I going to be an honest and trustworthy steward? That's the test. How are you going to respond? Are you going to be honest and trustworthy? Or are you going to be dishonest and not trustworthy with what God has given you financially? See, God, the Bible says God will entrust you with true riches if you're trustworthy with the money he has given you. And I want to encourage you that that true riches is not more rubies, diamonds, and gold bars. No, the true riches is people. And God's desire is to entrust people to those who are faithful, honest, and trustworthy stewards of what God has already entrusted you with. The last thing here that Jesus talks about is that money is a threat. You can't serve two masters. You can either serve God or money, but you can't serve both. See, we serve what we love. And where our love is placed and directed towards is what we will then in turn serve. Jesus is saying here that we can either use money or love money. But if we love money more than God, we can't use it for kingdom purpose. Ultimately, the threat of money is to fall into hating God. See, when we love money, we end up hating the things of the kingdom of God. We hate generosity. We hate all of the things of the kingdom of God. And we end up drifting further and further away from him. The best way to make sure that you're not under threat with your money is to have an attitude of generosity. Whatever that means to you is how you should follow through with that. The tithe is an expectation, as I've already talked about. Anything above that is a heart position that you feel is what God is calling you to do. I know people who give uh, 10% as a tithe towards the church, and then they give a further 30% as an, an expansion, in the sense of an expansion for the church to expand. Some people give 30% towards other charitable donations or parachurch operations. Listen, generosity, it's something, it's a, it's a heart position. It's not a mandate and it's not something that's like you have to be generous and you have to throw your money away. I think that's a, uh, that's an abuse. I don't think that's wise. Wisdom is about understanding that you can be generous within your means. There was a season where Annalise and I, we, we weren't having a lot of money coming through the doors, man. We, we were not financially blessed. 
But what we were was blessed enough to be a blessing. There was a season where we had a generosity account and we would invest that money into being generous for people. It might be, I'm gonna buy, we've got money to buy someone a coffee a week. That's generosity. It's not, let's go out and buy jet planes for everybody. Let's roll around in our Lamborghinis. Let's buy someone a car. You, if you can do that, awesome. But I don't want you to feel pressure to do that. What I want you to feel the understanding of is that generosity is relative to your situation. You might only be able to share a sandwich with someone. That might be your gener generous approach. That's awesome. Generosity is not measured in the size of what you give, but in the size of your heart towards your giving. I want to talk more about that, but, but for the sake of time, uh, I can't. Just know that there, there is depth of theology when it comes to giving as a, as a kingdom principle, and Jesus is intense about giving. If you want to talk more about that, feel free to talk to me. I'd love to talk to you or hit up Annalise. She'd love to talk to you too. I haven't checked that off with her but she'll direct you to me if, uh, if you do that. Anyway, let's move on. In our passage in Deuteronomy today, we see a bunch of rules and regulations that were designed to be temporary for the people of Israel. The symbolism we can glean from today is to pursue purity through rejecting the world and leaning into God. These might be confronting and challenging for us today. When we read what Deuteronomy says to us today, this might be a bit wild when we read about these rules and regulations. How could this be the reality? But I need you to understand that you have to read these through the context of their day in the ancient Near East, not just for us today, but their day. Things like standards for how women are supposed to be treated, premarital sex, adultery, rape, and incest were all things that God needed to put laws around for the protection of the society. And these were quite radical for the ancient Near East. Interestingly, though, there are traces to our modern law found in these scriptures. For example, the sense of having a duty of care towards each other is found in the intention of these scriptures. It's amazing to me how much of our modern world is influenced by scripture and the kingdom of heaven, yet Christianity and Jesus himself is so rejected. Isn't that interesting? Did you catch the prophetic, the prophetic verse in the scriptures today? Have a look at chapter 21, verse 22 to 23, and see what you can see in these verses. Don't worry about living cursed. Jesus paid the price and became cursed on the tree for you and for me. Now we can press on with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit living in us because of his wonderful sacrifice on the cross for us. Verse of the day. Verse of the day today, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 16a, which means the first part of that verse. It says, let all who are simple come to my house. This is that temptuous woman as an illustration of sexual sin. And sexual sin gets you if you approach it as a simple human being. But I want to encourage you, you're not simple. You're superb. So don't fall into the traps that are set around you. You're not a simpleton. You're a spiritual beast. So stand firm in the strength that the Holy Spirit has given you. Resist the temptation and step into freedom today. And that is it for The Daily Brew. Thank you so much for joining me today. One of the more controversial devotionals out there. But it's in the Bible when we have to talk about these things. If we don't talk about them, we're shallow. We need to get deep. We need to get rich in the Word of God. Hey, I want to thank you for following the podcast on every platform, giving it a rating of five stars or more. Thank you so much on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or any of our devotional channels. Thank you for doing that. Also, thank you to all of you on YouTube who have subscribed to the channel. Thank you so much for doing that and clicking the bell so that you never miss a devotional upload. Keep your eyes peeled for more awesome content that'll be released over the next few years. I'm looking forward to seeing what God is going to do through our YouTube channel space. Keep your eyes peeled for that. We've got some coffee beans that I think you're going to enjoy if you're, a, if you're an avid coffee drinker. I just tried this one today because I saw it and I thought it would be fun to try. I did actually have fun trying it. 
Uh, but look, I kind of predicted the answer, much like you probably did as well. Thank you for joining me today. Looking forward to seeing what God has for us tomorrow. Come back for some more. Hey, until then, though, if it's the start of your day, have a great rest of your day. Unless it's sleep time, good night, sleep tight, and we'll see you tomorrow back here for The Daily Brew.